Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Well, hello there, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. With me today is David Wood. He built the world's largest coaching business, becoming number one on Google for life coaching and coaching thousands of hours in 12 countries around the globe. He has been a former consultant to Fortune 100 companies. He helps business owners and leaders become the badass leader people want to follow, creating more authenticity, connection, confidence, and revenue. And he's also an author. Hello, David, and welcome to Back to Basics. Hello. And how do you pronounce your name? Is it Leticia? Yeah, that's perfect. Leticia, Leticia is good. Leticia. All right, we'll go with that. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, I'm very excited. Every time I interview someone else whose mission I know, it's inspiring others, uh, you know, like motivational speaker, people that commit their hours and their lives to just, you know, raising awareness. Like, you know, you have to take action and, and live a fulfilled life. I'm very excited. So thanks for being here. My pleasure. So, David, I always ask about the origin story. Can you share where are you from? And most importantly, who were you as a child, things you were passionate about and how that started your entire journey? Okay. well, the short version is that uh, I grew up in a country town in Australia and had a tragedy when I was seven years old. My little sister was killed and I witnessed it. I was I was there. And we didn't know back then that, that you know, that's going to cause issues. You didn't send kids to therapy. You didn't send them to the funeral. Mm-hmm. So I just thought I grew up with a normal childhood. But then in my 20s, I found that I was having all sorts of issues with intimacy and, and whatnot. The upside was I got really good at left brain stuff. Mm-hmm. So I came top of my school. I got paid to go to college. Uh, I got a job transfer to New York. And I got really good at numbers and systems and business and money. Okay, that's so I, good. So that's... I coach business owners, but I discovered in my 20s that I was having issues with life. I was having issues. I, 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 someone sent me to a personal growth course and I discovered I knew nothing about intimacy, vulnerability, authenticity, transparency, and true leadership. So that opened my eyes and I embarked on a journey to catch up with all of those things. So I've sat with gurus in Germany and, and the US and done things that would freak most human beings out to discover <laughs> what it is to be human. So now I'm a, an unusual kind of coach because I'm passionate about business and marketing and branding and systems. So I work with my clients on that, but I'm also interested in who they are as a human being and what's happening. So often they're dealing with overwhelm or they're not speaking up and really sharing their truth or they're scared to fire this employee or they're not close with their kids. And so I get to work with them on that stuff. And I love that even more than the business because I'm passionate about people living a life such that 
when we come to that time and we're on our deathbed and we're looking back, we can say, I gave it everything. Mm -hmm. I really lived my life. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what drives me. That's exciting. And so just for purpose of reference, when you and you, you know, you share that you came to New York, is that did you ever embark on like a, a corp, a formal corporate career? Because I, I mean, I read that you've been coach, you know, you coach a lot of uh, 100, Fortune 100 companies, or you kind of knew right away you wanted to inspire people and you were, you managed to bake that in early on. Oh, no, I had no idea about that. <laughs> I was just, I was really good at math. Uh-huh. So it seemed a natural progression to become an actuary, which is all about statistics and probability and financial projections. And plus they were willing to pay me to go and study. So that's what I did. And I transferred to New York and I was consulting to these big companies like Sony and Ford and Exxon. And that was exciting. Like having a Park Avenue office. Mm -hmm. It was, that was amazing. But when I did this uh, personal growth course, they cracked my heart open And I found that I was naturally coaching people in the course. I couldn't stop myself. If someone was complaining or they're stuck, I'd say, well, did you try what the teacher said yesterday about this? Or what about this? And I ended up changing someone's life overnight. Mm-hmm. And it was an incredible experience. I'm like, how do I, how do I get more of this? And they said, well, if you, keep, if you keep coming, we'll train you as a coach to help people coming through our programs. I said, well, sign me up for that. <laughs> and then a year later, uh, someone handed me a business card and it said coach. And this was back, this was back in 1998. Mm -hmm. So coaching wasn't real. It was just becoming a, th a thing. And I'm like, wait a minute, you can get paid for this. Mm -hmm. So I, I quit my, I'd already quit my job because I wanted to pursue my dream of, um, playing guitar and singing and entertaining and mm. pubs and parties. So I was already doing that. And then I found out about this coaching. And so I went and got myself in a coaching program and got myself trained as a coach. And I started working out how to get listed on the search engines and ended up number one on Google. And it just took off. So I, I quit, I quit the entertainment stuff that I was doing and I was still consulting as an actuary on a side to make money. Mm -hmm. And I, when I resigned from the Institute of Actuaries and, and stopped consulting, that was a big day. I went full time into coaching and I have never stopped. That was back in, I think it was in 98, 99, I went full time into coaching. Wow. And I, I, don't, I don't think I'll ever stop. Like right now I'm moving to Los Angeles in, in say five weeks to pursue acting. Oh, wow. So, so I'm, coming back, I'm coming back to the entertainment yeah. business But people ask me, what about coaching? I said, that's never going anywhere. I can't imagine a time I wouldn't have a set of clients where I'm helping them navigate life and business because it's part of who I am. That, that is incredibly inspiring. And that's why I always ask that question because I'm now probably at 160 interviews. And uh, one of the best things about my guests, and that's kind of what I want to share with the audience, is this feeling of you are not stuck with the career you decide. You're not stuck with having chosen one path and then midway you want to change it or do something else. You still can, you know, and, and I think there's something in there that most of us have that fear, of course, of not being able to, to get it done. And then you hear a story like yours and, you know, just how you gave up on a or quit a very successful career and then you created another successful career. And now you say, oh, I'm going to go into acting and why not? You know, and, and, and it still resonates. And I think that's very, very inspiring. 
Yeah, thank you. So hearing that, I realize I can get some perspective. Yeah, I like hearing that. I, I had a successful career as a consulting actuary. That was a pretty big deal. Quit that. I had a, yeah, I wouldn't call it successful career as a singer and guitarist because I, I couldn't really sing, mm-hmm. but I was a good entertainer, but I did it for a year and a half and, mm-hmm. I, and I did it on national television. Oh, so wow. <laughs> you, you, could, you could call that successful. And then the coaching career, yeah, it really, it really took off. It's just, it's who I am. And then I went into speaking mm-hmm. on stage and had some amazing uh, events. Like I spoke at one stage, I think there were 1,200 people and I'd never sold anything from the stage before. And I thought, well, if I could sell $10,000, that'd be, that'd be really good, you know, of training. We sold $157,000 oh, wow. in training. That's and great. then the next speech I gave, there were less people in the audience and we sold $380,000 worth of training wow. from that. that so I had some success at that. And now eight months ago, I said, you know what? I've always wanted to act. I've always wanted to see if I could do it and see what it's all about. And I started telling people because I kept it inside for about 10 years. Just well, one day I'd like to get trained mm-hmm. and see what happens. And uh, someone heard me and said, oh, I did that. I, I went to LA and we got talking. And then the next week she called me and said, do you want to come to an audition for Dracula? There's, oh. a, there's a play that they're doing. Do you want to come? And I was like, oh my God, I, I haven't even done an acting class yet, but okay, mm-hmm. let's do it. And then one thing led to another. They cast me as the lead. Oh my God. In, in Dracula <laughs> and, pay, and paid me. <laughs> so, so now I can say I'm a working actor. I'm not getting paid a lot, but I think I'm about to crack $2,000, which I think in a, in a career like acting is, is pretty exciting. Of course. Uh, so I'm having a good time. But but the most important thing is that that you uh, pursue you like I don't know where I heard but like it's from intention to action and maybe it took ten years for you to like put it but you had it there that that voice I always say like me with the podcasting I didn't know it was a podcasting but I knew it's something that I have to also talk to people and those inspir- inspiration inspirational conversations. I want to create ripple effects and help someone out there that gets to this podcast when they need it. That I don't know why, but it, I enjoy that. And yeah. so and so it's nothing to do with my career, nothing to do. I don't make money out of it, but I just enjoy it and reaches me so much meeting people like you that I'm happy that I enacted it and 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 that I, I keep doing it. And and so and then you say something important when you say I got trained or I'm gonna get trained in acting, to have that humility to say, Well, I have never done this, but I can learn. I mean, to have the disposition that you can still learn, you know, even to the last day of your life, you can still learn about something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 53. And uh, in the last eight months, I've done six short films, two commercials, a play. That's great. And uh, yeah, I love that you brought that up because, you know, I mentioned that, that I had this voice inside me, just quiet voice for 10 years saying one day I'd like to go and get trained as an actor. And then you had this voice saying, Oh, I think, I think I'd really enjoy podcasting. I need, I need to do something like that. I don't think we're very good at hearing ourselves. Now, I know I'm a great example of that because as a kid, I shut down all my emotions. Mm-hmm. I just learned to get left brain and logical and disassociated from my body. 
So I, I, I didn't know what it was like. You know, no one ever said, David, how do you feel? How's your body feel? What's going on? And, and I meet a lot of people. I think most humans, we don't really even know. Now, if it's a big thing, like I'm really angry at someone for something, okay, we know that. But we may skip over that we felt a little insulted by something that was said in a meeting. Or we skip over that little voice that says, always wanted to swim with dolphins or I've always wanted to, I've got, I've got a big list. You know, I've always wanted to speak five languages fluently. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to sing really well. I've always wanted to, to be the star of a major film, mm-hmm. right? We, we often don't listen to those and we just get busy mm-hmm. with life. We get busy making money. We get busy trying to survive. We get busy with our entertainment and our distractions and I'm actually writing a book right now called Mouse in the Room mm-hmm. because the elephant is not alone. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I want to hear about the mouse. Thank you. Yeah. Well, a mouse is anything that you've got, any experience you have. It could be something you're feeling in your body. It could be an emotion. It could be a thought you're having. It's any of your experience. Um, And many of those things are much more subtle than an elephant in the room. Now, if I turned up to this meeting 15 minutes late, that's an elephant, right? If I don't say anything about it, it's going to be weird. Uh, if I have blood on my face, that's an elephant in the room. But what if, what if I'm two minutes late, right? Or three minutes late as I was. And then I could be thinking, oh, is she offended? I'm embarrassed. I like to be on time. These are all mice. And so the book is about firstly learning to identify. You got to start listening to, to our bodies. What is going on right now? Someone said to me this morning, a client said, how are you? And I didn't respond from the mind. I took a moment. I took a breath. I felt into my body and I realized that I'm wonderful. Mm. I didn't know that. Mm. I didn't know I was just busy doing stuff. I didn't know that. Once I knew it, I could share it with someone else. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to learn how to listen. A friend of mine wrote a book called, I think it's called Inner GPS. Mm. I haven't read the book. Uh, Her name was Zen DeBrook. And uh, what I like about it is it's about how, I think we need tools on how to listen to what's going on. We also need to listen to other people and find out their mice. And they're not very good at telling us because they don't even know they're shutting down all the stuff. So it's kind of like I'm, I'm acting a role and, and the person I'm talking to is acting a role as well. And we, we don't want to get in trouble and we don't want to offend them. So we're just trying to like do what we think they might want. And it's like two actors in a play. And I want to bust that open and say, let's, Let's find out what's really going on. What do we really want? And, it, and that's both on the macro level, like what do I want over the next five years, 10 years? What, what would really light me up? How am I going to direct my life? And then also on the micro level, what do I want in this conversation? Mm-hmm. What's happening right now? Oh, it seems this person wants something from me and I don't know what, quite what it is. Maybe I can check in. So we identify our mice and then artfully name our mice, which can transform the connection mm. and transform our lives. Yeah, that's, uh, I love that. I think everything it's, uh, resonates a lot. I don't know in which book I read, but it's uh, all about aligning the inner game and the outer game, what you call the macro and the, and the micro, and, and just, you know, to make sure that everything is aligned 
from within and on the outside so that every action you have is really consistent. Because uh, I think we send ourselves into tilt when we are saying one thing, but in reality, we want a different thing and we confuse the universe. Like we are saying one thing, but then deep down, really, you you want something very different from what you're saying, from how you're acting. And so the universe doesn't know what to send our way. It's like, do you want what you're saying or do you want what you're feeling or what's the deal here? Wow. That's okay. So that's a really powerful point. Yeah. If you're not aligned, if there's not alignment, I, you know, we, we think that we're one person, but I think it's more like, uh, we've got all these different personalities and parts inside us that want different things. And it's more like driving a bus mm-hmm. full of, full of personalities in the, in the background. So I have clients that, for example, I've got a very successful guy there's a part of him that's driving him constantly to make money. Mm-hmm. And he's already already up to half a million a year. Mm-hmm. This part is like, you know, got to save, can't spend, you know, got to do everything myself, can't hire a video guy because I could do that myself and save 300 bucks. This part is very strong in him and it's slowing him down like a weight around his ankle. And then there's another part that's like, wouldn't it be nice to just feel abundance and let go of some of that and spend money to make more money and, and also work less mm-hmm. so that I can have more balanced life. And I have an exercise that, that I sometimes have my clients do where they get two chairs in a room and they'll name those two parts of them and they'll sit in a chair and one chair will be say the accountant or the timekeeper or the terminator or whatever's driving, driving him. And it'll say, we've got to save money because it could run out. Mm-hmm. And then you go and sit in the other chair and take the other position and go, okay, I hear that. That, that sounds important. Thank you. Thank you for looking after the finances and how much is enough. Mm-hmm. And then go and sit in the other chair. Incredible stuff that can help us get aligned. And I say to my clients, make a deal, make a deal. And the deal might be, okay, we need to have an eye on the finances to this extent. And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'll be all about making money. Mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, it's going to be about family time or something else. So you make a deal between the two parts so you can be at peace. And now the universe is not confused. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, you know, that's kind of like, I was like, well, I want to go and, and act, but then there might be a part of me saying, but I, I'm not any good at it. It's not going to work. Everybody... You know, everybody tries it and most people fail, blah, 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 blah. So there's not alignment. Yes. Same with like right now, I'd like to find a life partner. I'm sure there, there, there's a part of me that really wants that. And then there's a part of me that says, yeah, but living alone is pretty simple and pretty easy. And you're not, you know, you're not going to have to face deep intimacy issues. And so there's a classic example of where the chair exercise would be, be great to just have it all talked out and maybe come come up with a deal. That, that's great. And I wonder if uh, there's always one mouse, no matter how many there are, but probably one that it's constant and it's called fear, the fear mouse, right? That it drives so many things that all that fear is always there. I feel for most of the things we do, even when you eliminate off the roadblocks, if you want to do something, and then it boils down to, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to do it. And so 
I, I know that you write in your book something about uh, how naming naming the mouse can make you courageous. Well, I don't know if it can make you courageous. You might need courage mm -hmm. in order okay. to name the mouse. So you need to find your courage and say, okay, this is a bit edgy. And I like that you mentioned a fear mouse. We've actually identified seven different types of mice. And I think I would call that one uh, a mirror mouse. Okay. So a mirror mouse is just something for you that you discovered like, oh, Wow, I like I'm no I'm quite nervous about moving to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I, I'm very noise sensitive and I've got a wonderful place here in Boulder and it's very peaceful. And I'm I'm nervous. You know, so you might call it a fear mouse, I could call it a mirror mouse just to name that. And I've been telling people, I mean, like, yeah, I'm I'm scared and I'm excited. Right? I've got I love it. I've got yeah. both. Now, if the fear was really stopping me. Yeah, I might need to sit down and have a conversation, a chair exercise, or work with my coach. The way I handled that, and I'll say this in case it's useful for someone who's got a project or got something that's scary, and they and they want to pull the trigger on it, but they they're too afraid to. It could be you want to end your relationship. It could be you want to change your relationship. It could be having a child. It could be moving house. It could be changing careers. It could be taking singing lessons so you can sing on a stage, like whatever it is. What I did with the move is I realized I needed to find steps. I needed to break it down into, into baby steps. So first I started telling people about it. And then I called a couple of friends who live in Los Angeles and we'd have conversations and I started getting advice. And then someone said that there's a Zoom call that this acting school does every couple of weeks. And I thought, okay, that makes sense. I could listen him and learn about the acting industry. And then I thought, well, I could go and get a coach. So I hired a coach, particularly to help me with acting. Mm -hmm. And then I hired a singing coach. So all of these things are steps towards the move. And then last week, I finally flew to Los Angeles and I did a fact-finding mission, a re reconnaissance mission to see how it felt. Mm -hmm. And I lined up dinners with friends so that I could feel connected there and feel welcomed and get inspired and excited. And uh, one thing led to another. And then someone said, well, why don't you, I want you to come as my guest to, to what might be the best acting school in Los Angeles. And you can help, you can audit the advanced class and come as my guest. Like, oh my God. That is great. Wow. So now I've flown back from Los Angeles and, and I've, I feel ready. I've, it's like, we need to find ways to coax our brain and our nervous system into something really big like, like, like that. And so mm -hmm. that's how I, I was like, if I do that, if I go and do that trip and I get the coach and I do all those things, I'm going to feel more like, yes, I want to move. And then I looked at apartments and I found some that could work. I'm like, all right, this could work in my price range. All of these mm -hmm. unknowns start to become known. Sometimes you don't have to dive into something head first. You don't have to like, pull the trigger. Like when I quit my job in New York, I did some consulting on the side mm -hmm. to help the transition into music. And so yeah. I had that to support myself. I just didn't do it full on. And then when I did coaching, I kept hold of the music and I kept hold of the consulting for a little bit. And then as it started to take off, all right, now I can let go of that. So that's part of what I, I do for my clients is to help them how do you take something? Firstly, how do you discover 
that thing that you really want to do? How do you listen to yourself, find what your true path is, and then how do we find ways that you can get yourself to get on that path, to get on the tennis court and actually play tennis instead of constantly sitting in the stands and watching other people play tennis? Uh, wow, that's very, very powerful advice, I think. What you just said also to to juggle a little bit with all your interest and explore and be curious and try so that you can then plan you know, in a way that makes sense. And what you said is just powerful. It's like, I think people envision like, I'm going to quit this and start here. And, and it's never like that. It's all intertwined into, you know, how you talk to people and how the opportunities just connect that thread of, uh, you know, I read a, a, a book also that I love. It's, it's called The Cosmic Dance. You know, it's something that we don't know about it, but it's, it's behind the scenes. And it's in that we're always invited to that dance. And there's like the general dance, which is the worldly things, the thing that really, you know, is our day to day. And then there's this cosmic dance where it's really connected to our to, to who we are really meant to be. And, and we are invited to both, but we just have to decide to what beat we want to dance. And, and, and I think that's uh, you're, you're really a great example of that. And I have no doubt that uh, you're going to be successful in, in whatever you do. And when you are, I have a child actor at home, an 11 year old. So if you ever hear any roles, there you are, Christian, your mama Jerry's working already for you. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's um, it, and it's like that. You just be, you meet people, you talk to people. You, it's just very, very excited. So one question about the mouse that I also have. I also read somewhere you think you say naming your mouse makes you more attractive. I would love to hear uh, why. Yeah. Well, if I'm presenting a front to you and let's say, say I'm pretending to be excited or be up or even interested. I'm pretending to be something and I'm, I'm not that you're going to pick it up. You're going to pick it up. You're not going to say to me, Hey, you're fake. Mm -hmm. You're not going to, you're not going to say people aren't going to generally call you out on it, but they're just going to be less interested in being with you. And this has huge ramifications. And I want to write this down because I think this is important. I'm going to want to come back to this mm -hmm. after the interview. There are huge ramifications you're going to get less business. Less people are going to, like in my industry, for example, less people are going to want you to come and speak. Less people are going to want to hear you on a podcast. Less people are going to want to buy your product. Less people are going to want to invite you to dinner. So conversely, people want to trust you. So if you can actually name your experience, then they can go, oh, okay, this person is real. Even if they don't like hearing what your mouse is, let's suppose you say, hey, um, I noticed I, I had a reaction to what you said in the meeting last week. Can we talk about it? When you said this thing, it kind of felt like, like an insult and you were diminishing me in, in the eyes of the other people there. And um, I wonder if you'd be willing to ABC, you know, whatever your mm -hmm. request is. When you do that, people get, oh, this person is real. This is actually what happened for this person. When I met Jack Canfield, I think for the second time, this is from Chicken Soup. I love, loved him then. I love him now. I think he's an incredible person. And I just wanted any interaction I could get. And I ended up being fortunate enough to sit next to him at a luncheon. Mm -hmm. 
And that, that wasn't easy to, well, it was easy to manage, but I thought I was very proud of myself that I managed to actually get a seat next to him because yeah. if you well, can imagine course, how many everybody. people want to sit next to Jack. But I, I, I was always very straight with him, even if I thought it might blow the connection apart. And I said to him, look, I wonder if you'd be willing, if you consider writing the forward to my, my book and I, I'll show you an outline. And if you think it's worthy of it, I wonder if you consider it. And I, I said, I want to be upfront. I've also asked Richard Branson. And if he says, yes, I, I'm going to go with that. And so I know this is a bold, bold request. I'm asking if you would be willing to consider being a backup. And he, he said, oh, well, you're going alphabetically. I, I can understand that. <laughs> it, make, it makes sense. And I, was like, wow. I just loved him That's, even more. That is classic. Yes. But, yeah. but I was constantly like, just trying to reveal what's it's it's been a life practice for me like to reveal what's happening i even said you know i've never really had a mentor figure and uh i notice right now and this feels vulnerable to say but i i wonder if that might be a possibility at some point in our relationship and that was scary to say as well and i really believe that by acting like that that's one of the reasons that I got voted into the Transformational Leadership Council, which Jack Canfield and John Gray started uh, with some other founders so that they could have a place to support each other in their thought leadership and impacting mm -hmm. the world. They take it like five members a year. Mm -hmm. That's that was incredible. a big yeah. deal. And I don't think I would be voted in um, or welcomed if I wasn't straight, if I wasn't mouse naming. Now you don't have to live like this, but there's going to be discomfort and you can either choose the discomfort of wearing a mask or the discomfort of telling your truth. Mm, wow. That's One of powerful. these <clears throat> has greater upside potential. Mm. Wow. That's, that's very powerful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now it's not easy. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's very uncomfortable not telling the truth. And it's also very damaging to your relationships, not telling the truth. Ultimately, it's going to blow up in some way. If you have a toleration mouse or if you have a desire mouse that's not being expressed, it's going to bite you. Yeah. So I'd rather, even though it's very uncomfortable sometimes, I'd rather take that discomfort up front share what's real, find out what's real for the other person. And then um, so much can come out of that. Maybe you discover they didn't want that thing either. And it's yeah. like, you, you know, you're both like dealing with something that wasn't fun. Like maybe in the bedroom, you discover, oh, she doesn't really like doing that either. We should stop <laughs> doing that. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it can change your life. It can have a ripple effect for all of the people in your life and it can change the world to discover mm. your mice and name that mouse. Well, that's fantastic. And I agree. I think authenticity and transparency are on the radar. And I think a lot of people convince themselves that if they're authentic, there's something bad is going to happen. Like the, the, the other person is going to judge them. is not going to receive it well. And I have to say that even myself, when I'm fully authentic or I express my fears or I just straightforward, I'm surprised by how much support or, or other things happen just because I was able to be vulnerable. So I, I, I think you definitely have a bestseller in your hands. I admire the, the book and what you're doing. And I'm so excited for you to, to see this new path and this new adventure is very inspirational. 
to start a new thing midlife. And, and it's, you really, I say you're living by example because anybody that is your client or reads your book cannot tell you, well, it's easy to say, but why don't you do it? <laughs> like you're living proof that you're willing to change course and explore. Thank you. So, so yeah. So the one thing that I always ask, and you, you speak about so many of your things that you're passionate about in your dark times, because I know you're also a survivor of a, of a terrible paragliding accident, if I'm not mistaken. And so you've had, you know, like people, I am sure they hear you talking and say, well, he's had it, you know, yeah, his sister, you had a, your sister passed away. You had a terrible accident, but you don't come across as someone that dwells on the bad things that has happened to you. You're dwelling on the good things and the possibility. When that happens, when you have those dark moments where you're wondering if things are going to happen or not, what is the thing that makes you tick, that keeps you, helps you reconnect to, to your essence and to your soul? Well, what's coming up as I hear that question is it's, in those moments, it feels more about survival, mm -hmm. not, not about reconnecting to my soul Uh, although I think it's a really good question. Mm -hmm. But my first thing when, when I have those, those moments is how can I cope with mm -hmm. this? So I've had anxiety and depression for 20 years on and off. And like a few nights ago, I heard a thud in the house and I, I go on alert when I hear a thud. It could be just a door shutting downstairs for my tenant. And uh, I've, she knows that I'm sensitive to it. So it doesn't happen very often. But there was a thud and my dog started growling. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And then 15 seconds later, there was another thud. And so now I'm like, is something going on? Do I need to track it or whatever? I wish I had just let it go. But I started getting anxious and I started wondering how long is this going to go? And I'm working on it. I've got a coach right now and I'm working on desensitizing. So, because I'm moving to LA. So I figured <laughs> very smart to rewire my brain. <laughs> yes. Because uh, there's probably going to be some banging doors and barking dogs and music and neighbor sound. And I want to learn yes. to rewire. But in that moment, I'm like, how do I cope with the anxiety? And so I took a walk. I just went outside and took a walk. And then uh, sometimes I might call a friend mm -hmm. or I might call my coach and say, hey, I've got an issue. Can you help me? Like it, sometimes at times like that, it's physiological. And so uh, we can't even think our way out of it. And so a great question, and I got this from one of my coaches, come back to, I feel, I need, mm. I feel X, I need Y. So I feel anxious, I need to calm down. And one of the things I identified too, like a way to calm down is I, I need to have a, another chat with my tenant. We haven't talked for a while. I know she's visiting. And so I'm like, well, Can we, can we have a chat? And I've learned this about myself. I need connection to feel safe, mm -hmm. right? If there's no connection or if I'm thinking she might be annoyed with me texting her saying, hey, could you, could you keep it down? Then I'm, I'm just stressed out and I'm, and I'm not naming my mice. So I asked her if we could have a cup of tea. We had a lovely cup of tea. It was a good catch up. I found out about what's going on in her life, her mice. Mm -hmm. Talked a bit about what I'm doing. We talked about some house stuff. And then I mentioned, I mentioned a couple of bangs and she's just totally on board. She's like, yeah, we'll try and keep it down. I said, well, don't keep it too quiet because I need to work on this now. So <laughs> I might even ask you to slam a door yeah. every now and then so yeah. I can practice. Yeah. But I said, is it okay 
if I hear, like, if I hear one bang, I'm just going to let it go. If I hear two, I start wondering, is this something I, I need to address? Is it okay if I text you? And I even said, what language could I use? Like, what words could I use that would be well received? Mm. And she said, now that we've talked about it, anything is fine. I said, I might just say, hey, I just heard a couple of bangs. I'm checking, is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Is that okay? And she said, yeah. That's great. So that great. that's an example of how I handle when something feels really hard in the body. Sometimes I feel really low. Uh, I get fatigued sometimes. Uh, and I'm I'm working on so many different things right now. I tell you, you'd, you'd be amazed. I've got a, a gl- constant glucose monitor right now <laughs> to check my glucose levels. I'm mm-hmm. doing intermittent fasting. I'm taking cold showers. I'm exercising. I'm working with uh, a therapist. I've got at least one coach. This is what I do to try and keep moving forward in all the different areas of self-care, which Mm. provide the foundation Mm. for all the other stuff. Now, sometimes I have days where I wake up, I didn't sleep well, I feel really shitty, and I don't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. I have days like that. And what I try and do is some self-care on those days. How, what, what do I need? Maybe I'm going to lie in bed and watch TV. Hopefully I will get myself out for a walk with my dog or maybe even have some time with a friend, even if I'm not feeling really good. Um, I might do some rowing. I got a rowing machine I rarely mm-hmm. use, eh? but I can do 30 minutes of rowing and do my singing exercises while I do it. These things sometimes will change my state. So I think it's a long answer here. I realized but you've got two different approaches. You can just allow yourself to be in that state of non-motivation and just uh, wait for it to pass and just be with it. Okay, no big deal. Or you can do some some self-care things that might change your state. Some people like to put on music mm-hmm. and dance around. You know, you watch an inspiring movie, listen to, to Leticia's podcast for inspiration. So you can either just be with it or you can change your state. I know that was a long answer to how no. do I handle no, it's when great. I'm not motivated. It was a great answer because it gave, it gave a lot of perspective and a lot of great ideas because at the end of the day, it's about connection and you went into your own state of mind and how you connect. So I actually loved it. So I am sure my audience is also going to love it. And I'm so grateful for you and for taking the time to be here. And uh, I will definitely be looking out for you in that in the big screen. I am convinced you, you, you're making it big in Hollywood. You have a great voice too. So all the mm-hmm. radio, I don't know if someone had told you, but I mean, I think you have a great voice. I'm sure you, you sing quite well. So I wish you all the luck. I'll be sending you good energy and crossing my fingers. Well, thank you, Leticia. And I, I have an invitation for listeners. Is it okay if I, Absolutely. I share it? Absolutely. Yes, of course. Yeah, if you're if you heard something in this podcast and you're thinking, oh, coaching could actually have my life and business be better. I also work with executives, and you think that we may be a fit. Then uh, I have a link for you where I created I created a page. And I'm like, what can I give people? So I've got a couple of downloads that might help you with what we've talked about today. If you're interested in mouse in the room, you can be part of the campaign when we do a, an Amazon bestseller campaign. I'd love your help in getting this out to the world, like buying the book, reviewing the book and posting it on social media. And you can request a session with me. I think I'm calling it a double your revenue audit right now. Cause most people who come to me want to start with having 
their business do better. Mm-hmm. But but no upfront. I will ask you a lot of probing questions before we even get on the phone. I'll ask you about what you care about, what's slowing you down. We're going to look at your whole life. And you can do all of those things, plus get on my mailing list if you want to get a couple of videos a week. Awesome. That is awesome. On messages like this. And the link is, this will take you to a hidden page on my site where you can get all these things. The link is myfocusgift.com because I want to give you the gift of focus. So it's myfocusgift.com. And you can, you can always go to my website, which is focus.ceo and, and find out more about me. But I like giving out this special link because I, I, I spent a lot of time thinking what would be most useful to people. I also have a podcast called Extraordinary Focus. Oh my God, we didn't talk about that. With that David Wood. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you can subscribe to that. At that you know, you'll find it in the menu at myfocusgift.com. Absolutely fantastic. And all of these will be in the show notes so that you can access it quickly. And and I thank you for your generosity with my audience. And I would definitely uh, subscribe as well. So you have a new subscriber. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you, David. Have a great day. Oh, you too. Thank you, Leticia. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe Rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you and until the next time.